Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. So we're going to get to talk about rebuilding. Well, some of you would never guess this about me. I used to build houses. When I was in college, that's how I paid for a lot, uh, is I worked for a builder. Man, I love building. And so let's just get excited about rebuild. But guess where we're going to start? With you. With me. Yeah. Don't be looking at your friend or your neighbor, your husband or your wife. We're going to rebuild starting here. Because that's how he did it in the book of Nehemiah. He started here. And it's last week, because I, I talked about my word restore. I have some good news. I have been restored to an iPhone. I, it got fixed. Well, it's a new one. It didn't get fixed. Yeah, the Lord just made a new one for me. So, you know how frustrated I was. You could tell last week, and several of you texted me which I didn't get your text because I couldn't. I didn't have anything. And I went down to Apple, finally got my appointment. And I show up, and this is so typical of God to do this to me. I get down there, and man, I got paperwork. I got, you know, my goodness, I had my uh, passport. I had uh, everything I would possibly need to get a phone. And I get there, and it was as simple as could be. I mean, they were great. And the guy looked at it and ran a few little diagnostics and looked at me and goes, this phone is messed up. <laughs> I said, that would explain my being here, right? He said, you get a new phone. So anyway, I get the phone and, you know, I was still a little frustrated. And I turn around and walk out and I hear somebody say, Pastor David. And that always brings fear. Did I say something? Did I do something that was not good? And I look around, and there's this young lady. And, of course, I can't recognize anybody with masks. I mean, you know, I vaguely recognize your eyes, but how do you recognize people anymore? And she goes, I don't know if you remember me. I said, no, I can't see you. But she said, 15 years ago, you baptized me, and it changed my life. And I just, I've just always thought about that day. And I thought one day if I run into you, if I get to see you, I want to take my picture. I want a selfie with you. So right there in the middle of Millennium Mall, she said, can I get a selfie? I said, let's do it. Right in front of the Apple store. Now, the whole time I'm thinking, God, you did this to me. You just had to send somebody to remind me what really matters. This doesn't matter. You matter. I matter. Lives matter. And so think about this. When he restores us, it's so that we can rebuild. Now, that rebuilding, as David already said in his, in his prayer and his comments, could be a, a, a marriage, a family, a home. Could be something in your neighborhood, some, something in our community, something in our nation or in our world. It could be a lot of different things, but it starts with us. So I think that the way God works is he gives us this thing I called brokenness. And that brokenness almost is what lights that fire. It's what gives us the passion to do something. 
And I'm going to, I want to explain brokenness. I want to make sure we're all on the same place because brokenness is not emotions. You may be emotional, you may not be. Uh, brokenness is not just being sad or, or mad about something. No, no, no. Brokenness, at least how I want to use it today. I just want us to have the same dictionaries. I want to use it this way today. Brokenness is when we realize that something is not right and we're burdened to do something about it. Okay? It's when we realize that there's something not right and we're burdened to do something about it. I'm, I'm going to make it real simple for you. I'll show you how this works. If I had walked up here today and my sweater gets jacked up in the back with this little <laughs> tail I've got and it's, it's just all messed up, I promise there's a whole bunch of people in here would have been going, why don't you fix that sweater? Get that thing, pull it down. In fact, I've given Danny permission. Look, if I got something not right, you just come on up. I, my pants unzip, please come on up. <laughs> now, he's not coming up to zip them. I'm just, he's coming to tell me. I want to make sure you understand that. So, if you see that, you're, you're going to feel bad for me until some, you're going to go, I wish I could just walk up there and get it right. That's it. That's brokenness in a very trivial way. You see something that's not right, and man, it just won't leave you. And you want to do something about it. Social injustice, poor, hungry. Relationships that aren't right. Somebody, your neighbor, man, there's some needs they have, and you see it, and you you like, I got, I got to do something. That's what happens in the book of Nehemiah. Right. And can I tell you that I love it when those things happen. I just think we ought to be people that walk around constantly watching, and God's going to show us ways that we can make a difference in somebody's life. I got to tell you, I had a really bad day this week. I was, um, I, I don't know what I ate. It, it, no telling. But I was really not feeling well. And I had been down in uh, St. Cloud visiting somebody. And I'm driving 192, getting close to getting on the turnpike. And I'm telling you, I had that feeling like, you better pull over. And so I quickly just saw a parking lot of a bank and just, man, I tucked that truck in there just straight in. not didn't park in the spaces. I just pulled in <laughs> and I got out. And when I got out, I'm, I'm, you know, just walking around fighting this thing. And I hear somebody, sir? Well, the bank was closed. I mean, there wasn't anybody at the bank. And I turned around, and there was a little trailer park right there. I didn't even notice him when I pulled in. And there was a lady, a little lady, walking toward me with a bottle of water. And she said, sir, I couldn't help but notice how you pulled in here. <laughs> and... I knew there was something wrong, and I just thought I could help you if I brought you a bottle of water. Man, I looked at her. I could barely talk. I mean, I was sick, but I was emotional. Now, I said, ma'am, I, I am so thankful you did that. I've got water. I'm, I'm good. But just the fact that you would come out here, you don't even know me. Now, I would like to tell you that I had a visit with her. I wasn't really interested in visiting with anybody at that moment. I'm going to go back because I know where she lives. And I'm going to tell that woman, thank you. You gave me one of the most beautiful examples of what we ought to be like. When you see something 
When you see somebody in need, you see a need, what do you do? I'm going to fix it. That's exactly what happens in the book of Nehemiah. Now, let me tell you what happens when you get broken. When this happens to you, number one, you see God differently. Number two, you see yourself differently. And number three, you see the world around you differently. Now, let's start with the story of Nehemiah. Let me set it up for you. Okay, Nehemiah lived about 400, uh, 500 years before Jesus was born. Okay, he was a child born in exile when the Jerusalem fall, we call it, happens. The Babylonians were in charge, and they came and they destroyed Jerusalem, and they took the Jews to live in Babylon. Well, it wasn't long before another power came along, the Persians. And the Persians were really big and really bad. They destroyed the Babylonians. So now there are Persian kings. Some of them you know. The movie 300 is about one of those kings. Esther knew one of those kings real well. And there's one named Artaxerxes. He had a cupbearer. Kings had cupbearers because they didn't want to get poisoned by the wine or the food. Back in that day, you had to watch everything. Somebody was out to get you all the time. And so he had a cupbearer. And that cupbearer was probably his closest friend. In fact, some say the cupbearer was actually second in charge. They could make decisions and do things and influence the king in ways nobody else could. His cupbearer was a young man named Nehemiah, a Jew, who was born in exile. But he knew Jerusalem. That was his home. And so as a cupbearer, one day he gets a message from family. The walls of the city of Jerusalem are broken down. The gates are burned. Now, to give you a little history, there had already been a group go back and rebuild the temple. They went back about 60 years before this. And they rebuilt the temple because of a good king named Cyrus the Great. By the way, one of my favorite kings in history, Cyrus the Great. He was a gracious king to the Jews. And they even called him the Anointed One because he let them go back. But they had a temple, and they rebuilt it, but the walls were down. Now, let me tell you why that's important. If you live in a home, and you love your kitchen, and you love your family room, but you don't have a front door, how do you feel at night when you go to bed? A little nervous, right? Yeah. In fact, how many of you ladies lean over sometime in the night, honey, did you lock the door, set the alarm? It happens all the time. And the answer is, I forgot. So here's what happened. They needed walls to protect the city. They needed walls and gates to protect the temple. So Nehemiah was burdened when he heard that. He's like, oh my goodness. So what does he do? Well, the first thing, when you're broken, you see God differently. I want you to read with me a verse where he turns to the heavens. First place he went, first place he went was to the heavens. Now, here's what's interesting. I'm going to show you this verse, and you got to remember now, he's working for the most powerful king in the land. But he bowed his knee to the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, the God of all. Watch what he says. O Lord, God of heaven. You see, the Lord is all uppercase. That's not because he's shouting. It's the name Yahweh, the personal covenant name of God, the most intimate name of God. 
And he calls him that. O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. So the first thing he did was turn to God. I believe when you are broken, you just start looking up. And you see God differently. You see him as the hero and the savior, not you. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, have ever seen a need and your first thought was, I don't know what to do about that. I mean, I don't know what to do. I don't know if there's a way I can help or what. That's very common. It's okay to have that thought. Your next thought ought to be, but I know you can. And I know you know how to help. You see God differently. Andy Stanley says that when you have a God-inspired vision, you got to remember this. God-inspired visions ultimately lead back to God. Regardless of our role, we are never the focal point of a genuine God-ordained vision. He is. So just remember, you're not the Savior. You're not the hope of your neighborhood, the hope of your nation, the hope of your workplace. God is the hope of this nation. God is the hope of our neighborhood. We simply ask him, what do we do? And that brings us to the next one. When you are broken, you see yourself differently. You just, you look at yourself differently. And I'll tell you, I'll give you two words, and, and I hope you're taking notes. You're putting this in notes and phone, on your phone or writing it down or taking pictures or whatever you, you want to do. But I, I want you to remember this. When you're broken, you look at yourself very differently, and here's what you see. You see a sinner, and you see a servant. You see a sinner, and you see a servant. Verse 6 and 7 of chapter 1, Nehemiah literally pours his heart out and said, God, we have messed up. We are sinners. And he includes himself and says, I am a sinner. And he confesses his sin to the Lord. What a place to start. Here's why I think that's cool. That need you just saw, they didn't get in that situation because they're less spiritual than you. They didn't get in that situation because they don't know what you know. I think it's an incredible sign of humility when we see needs around us and then we remember we too are in need of the grace of Jesus Christ. And we live out of the context of grace that we have received grace. That's why I'm going to do something to help because I've been there. I know what it's like. I don't see that attitude much in this country today. We live in a country that wants to blame somebody. And we've divided and we've taken sides. And we are constantly castigating one another, vilifying one another, blaming one another for this, blaming one another. Look at what happened Wednesday and all the blame. Where is it going? It's going here and it's going there. And he did this and he said that and she did this. You know what I think the people ought to do? Of God ought to do? We're not going to join that blame game. We're going to look to the heavens and say, God, you are the God of the heavens and the earth. And our life is in your hands. Our hope is in you. We are sinners. We don't have answers for this. But you do. And then servant. There are six verses in this opening chapter where he uses the word servant five times. He calls himself a servant. Now, remember who he was? He was the cupbearer. That's a big position. 
I mean, he had access to the king of Persia. The, that king was the king of really the known universe. This is before the Roman Empire came along. This is before other empires had risen. Man, he had power. But he calls himself a servant. And he says it over and over. He says, I'm just a servant. Let me show you a verse in chapter 2 when he's making an appeal to the king and trying to get his blessing to go back to the city of Jerusalem to help. This is what he says to the king. Watch this. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight so that you would send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. You see any pride in that statement? You see somebody who's playing that game of, hey, I'm somebody special. You need to let me go. No. I just see a servant who's humbling himself before an earthly king. Why? Because he wants to serve his heavenly king. Now, folks, what happened this week in the Capitol was heartbreaking. I didn't know at the time, and maybe you didn't know, that there were a lot of things happening there that we haven't been told about, such as prayer meetings, worship times, a lot of good things. All we saw and heard the most about was the bad and the breaching of the Capitol. It wasn't the first time it's happened. But the violence and the lady, the young lady that served our country and lost her life in that. And to see some of the footage that you see, it just kind of sickens you. And then you begin to hear the blame. Oh, those are Jesus people. Those are conservative, religious people doing that. And I want to tell you something. If I understand anything about the book of Nehemiah, here's what I know. Anytime there is brokenness and something that is disappointed or there's an injustice or whatever, we should come to that issue with humility and the heart of a servant, not being like we're in charge, we're going to make it happen, we've got all the answers. So I believe... The kingdom of God and followers of Jesus never do what you saw happen to the Capitol on Wednesday. That's not the kingdom. In fact, I will tell you as a church, and I want you to just kind of remember this as a statement. We want to make this statement. We do support peaceful protest. There's always a place for that. Especially living in a free country when we have that opportunity. But we will never support or condone violent protest. Why is that? Because that's not who we are. As Jesus would say, that's how the Gentiles do it, but that's not how my kingdom people do it. If you want to be great in my kingdom, be a servant of all. If you want to have the most power, serve the most and so for me, I love the fact that we're a diverse congregation. 
And, and, and our goal is to be a place where everybody is welcome and anyone can come here, no matter your, your walk in life, meaning political persuasion or anything about where you've been or what you believe. We welcome everyone, even this morning streaming. I mean, you may be streaming this and you're not a follower of Christ. You're just kind of checking it out because you're kind of interested in what's going on. We welcome that because we believe that the one reason we exist is for the kingdom of God and for the, His glory. And so we'll take every access we can, every moment we can, to somehow honor Him and glorify Him. And the greatest way you could do that, if you want to look like Jesus, be a servant of all. You say, but what about when people mistreat you? What about people that are doing things against you and hurting you and all that stuff? What did Jesus do hanging on a cross to those who crucified Him? Father, forgive them. I just think the call for every one of us is really high. It is to be like Jesus Christ. And if our world, oh my goodness, we need more than anything else, that example, humility, a servant, somebody who recognizes we are sinners. So, Lord, help us. What do we do? It just changes the way you see yourself. Please see yourself as a servant of the Lord Jesus. And then that third thing, you see your world differently. Really, the world looks different. When you are broken, you begin to see things differently. Nehemiah, he, uh, chapter 2 is a really interesting chapter. He, evidently, he was real sad, and the king noticed that he was sad. And he said, hey, Nehemiah, I notice you're kind of sad, and, and you don't have a reason to be. You're not sick. What's going on? And Nehemiah tells him, he said, well, um, my father's, home and my home is in ruins and I need to go back and so he asked him for his favor and guess what the king gave it the king said absolutely you go and he gave him letters to show that would be to anybody who tried to stop him and and said what are you doing here he had permission of the king to go back to see the city and you know what the first thing he did when he got back to the city he rode around the walls. I call it the midnight ride of Nehemiah. He took a night ride. Some believe he was on a donkey. could have been a horse. There were places where the walls were so broken, he couldn't even ride the horse through it. And he walked. And he took people with him. Why? Because he wanted to see it. There's something about brokenness you understand more when you see for yourself. When you don't see for yourself, you kind of say, well, it's somebody else's problem. It's somebody else's burden. If you don't see it for yourself, nah, it's easy to dismiss it. It's somebody else. But somehow when God shows you, it's like Abraham Lincoln in the book, Lincoln on Leadership. There's a great story about Lincoln. He told about a squirrel running in a tree, a hole in a tree. And he said he went over, and when he looked in that hole, the whole tree was hollow. He said, it broke my heart. And then he said, I wish I had never seen the squirrel. Because that was his favorite tree, and he was going to have to cut it down. I wish I would never seen the squirrel. Sometimes we don't want to see it, but we have to see it. Because when you see it, then it becomes your burden. I can tell you, folks, I, I wanna, I'm going to encourage us to do something. 
Okay, you can just call me crazy, call it brain surgery, but I think we ought to do it. I think you ought to start driving around like Nehemiah and just looking. I think you ought to take a midnight ride. Now, I wouldn't do it at midnight. I'm just saying that metaphorically. I, I think you ought to look around. I think you ought to see needs. Just, just open your eyes. I drove to this church. I still do. I go by apartments. I go by places where there's brokenness and there are lives that are hurting. And I've got stuff on my mind, places I got to be, things I got to do. And I don't even look at them anymore. And I'm telling you, God has convicted me. Open your eyes. You're walking by them. You're driving by them. They're all around you. How about in your church? Have you ever thought about just walking around this church and seeing where there's a need that you could be involved in, a way you could serve? One of the cool things we do is for volunteers that want to serve, we actually provide a way for you to shadow somebody. So you could just go with them and shadow them. And, and then when you see it, you'll know it. When I came to this church, before I ever said yes, I took a little midnight ride around this place. And it wasn't at midnight. I just drove around this place to say, Lord, you got to show me something. And, and if I can see, then, Lord, I'll know it's you. And let me tell you why it's important to see what is so you can see what can be. Follow me? You need to see it for what it is so you can know what can be. And God shows you. I did the same of another church many, many, many years ago. Another church that thought I was supposed to be their pastor, I went. I said, let me just have some time. I went over there. I walked around their church. The state capitol was across the street from that church. I walked around that neighborhood, and I didn't see a thing. And I called them and said, I'm sorry, but I just don't think the Lord is in this. I promise you, he will show you things if we'll just look. And when we look, then you've got to remember God is a, a problem-solving God. It, he doesn't just want people who know how to point out problems. We got plenty of those. You have anybody in your life knows how to point out all the things that are wrong with you? You know, you have people that want to point out everything that's wrong with everybody and with everything. No, we don't need any more of those. Let's get on the solution side of life. Let's be people who do something and who hear God and do it. This book, let me tell you, yeah, this book has bad news. It says we're all sinners, but there's a lot more good news in this book that says we can be saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. There's hope for every one of us. Let's live on the solution side. Even with what's happening in our, in our nation, man, you read or you listen or whatever, wherever you get your information or news, it's like negative, 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 negative. Please, for Jesus' sake, stand up and speak a blessing on your nation. Speak a blessing on people. Let God use you to remind them of the good. And there's good. Because listen, you got to remember this. Brokenness leads to action. Brokenness leads to action. If you're truly broken about something you've seen, you're going to do something. Because if you don't, you're a hypocrite. If you don't, shame on you. If you don't, may you get something bad. I'm just kidding. I've run into so many people, and all they want to do is talk about the wrong in this country. Yes, there's wrong in this country. 
But I love running into people saying, but you know what? I think we could do this. I think we could pray more. I think we could maybe show up and help those kids down at that apartment complex. I think we could go and do this project for this. I love people who live that way because that's where brokenness takes you. It leads to action. So guess what Nehemiah did? We're going to rebuild this wall. We're going to do it. And he got ready to rebuild the wall. Now, let me just warn you. You're going to think you're not good enough. You're going to think you're not big enough. You're going to think you're inadequate. Can I remind you, God uses broken people to rebuild broken places. He uses broken people to rebuild broken places. The worst enemy you're going to have, because I want to challenge us today, when we walk out of here, walk slowly. Look around. When you drive home, look around. This week, look around and see what God sees. And maybe find something you can do to make a difference. Here's your enemy. You're going to be your own enemy. You're going to think you're not good enough. You're going to think I can't do it. Or maybe you're in pain. You're going through struggle. And we tend to kind of get self-absorbed when we're living in our own pain. Believe me, I know through all my health issues, I had to pray like crazy. God, don't let me just think of me. Help me to focus on others. And I'll tell you, the other enemy is somebody's going to tell you you're crazy. You're going to see it in this book. Nehemiah, they told him when he first got to Jerusalem, there wasn't a welcome party. There wasn't folks going, oh, that's awesome. Finally, somebody's coming to rebuild the walls. No. He had people lining up saying, you are crazy. You're not going to rebuild these walls. What are you doing? You're dishonoring the king, all that stuff. In fact, look at verse 19 in chapter 2. It begins with the word, but. Can I just tell you, everybody has buts in their life? Everybody's got a but. Some of you got more than one. You're going to have people saying, but, but, you can't do this, but, you can't do that. Well, let me just remind you of this. God didn't show them what he showed you. He showed you. You do something about it. God didn't show them. He showed you. In fact, the way I like to say it is, let's let our personal vision drive us, not a cause or criticism. Let our personal vision. So I got two questions for you. Where do you see brokenness right now? I know you have already seen it. I know you're sitting there and you can immediately think of things. Could be a relationship. Could be something in your own home. Could be something physical, literally a neighbor, a need they have. It could be something you see in this nation that really breaks your heart. So where do you see brokenness? And the second question, this is the hard one. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Remember, brokenness leads to action. Broken people can rebuild broken places. So what I want you to do right now is take your phone, take a piece of paper. I want you to write one broken place that you know of. Okay, when I say place, I'm not necessarily meaning physical. That could be a relationship. It could be something personal in you. It, it could be, man, I'm broken. My, my walk with God is shot. Are you willing to write down 
a broken place that you know of? It takes guts to do that. Because when you write it down now, you live with the thought of what are you going to do about it? You might be surprised what God does through you. They built a wall. We're going to learn about that wall. And I'm telling you, it got so bad. It got so bad, they had to build that wall using one hand to lay the stone and the other hand to hold a weapon to fight somebody that was trying to kill them. It was unbelievable. But here's what I know about God. He's not through. And there is something good coming. And for those who say, yes, Lord, I see what you see, and I'm willing to do something. Can we just bow together right now? Think about that broken place. Pray God opens the door for you to do something. Pray he shows you what to do. Father, I just want to thank you that you have given us such a beautiful story in Nehemiah about really something happening that should have never happened. That, that people could go back to a city and literally fight and work at the same time. But they accomplished something because, Lord, you called them. And they were faithful to do it. So all I'm asking this morning, show us those broken places. Show us what needs to be rebuilt. Lord, if it's in us, please, Lord, show us. If it's places we work and live, you just show us, Lord, open our eyes. Lord, I pray for our country, and I pray for the body of Christ that we'll be representative of Jesus, our King, and we will come as servants, knowing that the greatest call we have is how do we serve this great country, even in her time of division? How do we serve? Lord, show us if that's a broken place that you want us to, to meet that we're going we're gonna to do it. And God, I thank you that, could, that you can use broken people. I'm so glad that you can use people that have messed up and people that have been broken most of their life. Because the truth of it is, Lord, we're all broken. And yet through your grace, you have made us whole. And that's something that has given us a reason to get involved and to make a difference. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as you look this way, there's a guy in the church that sent me a text the other day. And I asked him if I could use it because it, it spoke to me. And it's when something like this, true leadership is not who you are, who you know, what position you have. True leadership is defined by the impact you have on others. And when I saw that, the first thing I said was, Lord, I, I just want to make sure that I have impact 
for you. And I think the greatest way to have impact is when you rebuild what's broken. And so my prayer is, let's rebuild. Let's rebuild. Whatever the Lord shows us, we're going to do it. So I want you to take that ride. Be, be slow when you're leaving the campus today. If you're headed to a life group, go in there. Talk about it. Hey, what's something we can do? What's something you guys have seen a need that we can meet? I remember one day going to the mayor. And all I said was, Mayor, is there a need in this city that we can help you meet? Not a bad question to ask your boss. Not a bad question to ask somebody you know. This morning, you're ready and you're not sure what to do. Can I just encourage you to use that? David talked about it. Connect. Just text the word connect to 40777. In fact, if you're streaming this right now and, and you think, you know, I really want to know more about this. I want to be a part of a church that... that feels like they're a servant. They're not celebrities. They're servants. Man, you'd be welcome here. You would really enjoy. Just text us. Text the word CONNECT to 40777. And together, we're going to rebuild. Together, we're going to see God use us to do things we never dreamed. And just remember, God uses broken people to rebuild broken places. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next weekend. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.